Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Beautiful. Thank you so much. All right, Father God, as Laura gave expression, your word is priceless. Your word is life to us. And Father, from the very outset, I commit this word to you, the things that you have laid on my heart, the encouragement. And I do pray, Father God, that this word will be life in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon it in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Are you writing amen into the chat lines? All right, here I am. I'm set, I'm sorted, I've gotten up, hallelujah. Praise God. If you're wondering what, if you're wondering what this is, this is Bailey's birthday card, all right? But as excited as she's gonna be, because I, Pops and I have become seriously the grandparents who put money in the envelope. Okay, the best part of her, because she's having a birthday this month, is that, hallelujah, she's gonna get all the um, supermarket collectibles. So she's gonna squeal when she sees this, but she's gonna squeal louder when she sees that. So I brought just to share with you, amen. So I'm just gonna flick that over there, praise the Lord. And praise God, what else? Um, I ordered this outfit. I have. I'm, girls, I'm running out of clothes, seriously. We've been here for way too many um, weeks, several months now. We are on our way home at the beginning of October, as you know, and um, I'm running out of clothes. So I ordered this online. It's a little bit long, actually. I've got these tassels here. So if I trip up, just gasp and um, you know what? It'll be fine. Praise the Lord. And did you love the little um, promotion, the little, um, you know, pre-roll that came before the service? Too much fun. All right, here we go. In Jesus' name, I'm going to put this down here. And I'm going to start with a little story, if I may, and then some scripture and some verses that God has laid on my heart. You know, a number of years ago, a number of years ago, can't quite remember how many years ago, but a number of years ago, Brian um, had this incredible opportunity. He was invited to be the faith speaker at a faith service at the opening of Parliament. So our nation had just experienced an election and, um, you know, um, there was a new government about to take um, office. And so the nature, the tradition of our, our country is to have a faith service, church service at the beginning of this opening of Parliament. And so we flew down. Okay, it was an incredible opportunity, a great honour for Brian. And so we flew down at the crack of dawn to Canberra. Um, I think the night before it had been Brian's parents' 50th wedding anniversary, so we had a late night. Got up again at the crack of dawn, flew down to Canberra, which is the capital city um, of our nation, if you're watching on from somewhere else. And uh, proceeded from the airport to this um, church building, this church chapel that was hosting this particular faith service that day. And so the speakers who were invited to contribute were the then faith leaders of the land. So there were cardinals, there were um, bishops, there were other faith leaders, and of course, Brian Houston, because he was leading our movement, our fellowship at that time. And so it was pretty amazing. So, um, you know, the service began. So you have to kind of imagine the, the, the tone and the tenor. So the service began, it was a very formal setting. It was um, a little bit starchy perhaps, but it was quite formal. 
Um, I'm sitting about three rows back from the front on the edge of the aisle. I've got a big, you know, um, government leader man sitting in front of me. So I was trying to see and the guys who, the ones, the leaders who were bringing, um, contributing to the service were um, yeah, sitting on the stage, quite formal. There was no um, MC or host. It was just basically an order of service. And when it was your turn, you would get up and walk across the stage, ascend the steps, stand in the little preacher box in some of the old school kind of chapel churches. And so that's kind of how it was. And um, so Brian, it's Brian's turn. So he walks across, keeping in mind all those beautiful um, faith leaders from different spaces and places were all in their religious um, robes. Brian was in a beautiful suit. He looked sharp and he looked handsome. I'm very much the, you know, the proud wife. And so he walks across, ascends into the box and begins to share what is on his heart. You know, he had, a, he had prepared a message and he was, he was actually, it was such an incredible opportunity, girls, because he was speaking quite literally into the power seat of our nation um, at that particular time. And so he tells the story how he started. And he was only about like, you know, two or three minutes in or a few moments in, and he suddenly began to feel the presence of God descend. He said he actually felt an anointing descend into his heart, into his spirit. And then what rose up out of that was joy. So he basically had a joy explosion in the middle of his heart. And so he's there, he's like, he's speaking, he's trying to keep it together. He's trying to be mindful of the, the you know, the, the environment. I mean, I do remember at one point thinking, nobody's really paying attention, but when he began to speak, I saw a lot of heads lift. I might be imagining that, but a lot of heads lift and begin to actually gaze and focus on him. So here he is with the literal, tangible anointing of God descending into his spirit. And then he's having a joy party inside his heart, quite literally. He said it was like he was just so happy. He thought it was, he kind of said it was like, it seemed just sort of ridiculously wonderful, wonderfully ludicrous that he would be there talking faith and vision and hope, the hope of the gospel, talking that into our, into our national leaders. And so I'm sitting back. I am sitting back again, three rows. I'm sitting next to um, a woman parliamentarian, a woman MP who um, was one of the very first to ever be in governmental leadership in our nation. And she actually tells a story. She told us a story or told someone a story that um, when she went into government, there weren't even women's toilets in the building. So that's, you know, how far we've come as a nation. And so I'm sitting next to her. I am watching my husband. He's up here in the little box. It's like the anointing has descended. He's having a joy party inside his heart. And then quite literally his countenance began to change. Like I was witnessing it. I'm looking at him, the starchy kind of formal setting. I'm looking at him thinking, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I can see his countenance change. I can see, like I can discern that something is happening in his spirit. And he actually, it was like he was glowing. It was hilarious. He actually wasn't glowing, but you know, it felt like he was actually glowing. And so I just sat there looking at him, so proud. And then in my normal spontaneous way, Someone paid me a compliment recently. I think it's a compliment. They actually said, Pastor Bobby, you're like, you're like a cross between Joyce Meyer and Goldie Hawn. And I thought, well, that is actually the most funny thing that I've ever heard. Because if I'm half the teacher Joyce Meyer is and if I'm half the fun Goldie Hawn is, then actually we've got a good thing happening. So sitting there watching my husband begin to glow in Jesus' Name, I just did what I did. I just turned around to this woman. I leaned into her and I said, oh my gosh. Isn't he gorgeous? 
To which she just literally burst out laughing. She literally did one of those, that's so funny in this completely starchy environment. All right, fast track. Okay, it's all over. Brian's delivered what's in his heart. And, um, and then the minister whose church it is begins to lead a procession of the speakers and the front row dignitaries across the front and then down the middle aisle, much like a wedding service. And so as he leads this procession, okay, I'm three rows back. And as he walks down the aisle, he just looks at me. He kind of looks at me. He gives me a little bit of a wink and nod and a head nudge as in jump in the procession. And the reason I'm saying that, it was so amusing to me because we had gotten to the church service early. We had gotten there early from the airport, of course. In fact, I think we were there before anyone else was. Of course, Hillsong would turn up early. I'm like, shall we set up the chairs? I mean, where is the volunteer teams? But anyway, that aside. And so we were in the back room and Brian was talking to this um, lovely minister whose church it was. And so at one point, the minister, he was very lovely. He kind of was like, so Reverend Houston, shall we go out the back to pray? To which I said, hello, yes, let's do that. And then he looked at me as if to say, no, that's not appropriate. So I just chose to linger and hang in the vestibule and read the notice board. So when this minister starts walking down the centre aisle, I mean, I had to smile because he gives me a wink, a nod and a head nudge as in jump in the procession. Anyway, here's the deal. We go out, we're lingering on the grass, hallelujah. And uh, it's beautiful, there's people, there's media, there's prayers not paying much attention to us, hallelujah. I wish that was the case now. But anyway, they're out there and I will never forget this big, beautiful um, parliamentarian gentleman coming up to Brian, shook his hand, shook his hand and then turned around to me and said, and here's the girl who hasn't stopped smiling all morning. Here is the girl who hasn't stopped smiling all morning. Do you know what, sweethearts, wherever you're listening in from tonight, here's the deal about 2020. It has been a messy year. Every single one of you would agree with that. It's been a year unprecedented, disruptive, challenging at times. It has been a year that has plunged us all into the same boat. For sure, it might look different for some more so than others, but nevertheless, we are in the same global boat. And I just want to say pastorally, you know, on behalf of Pastor Brian and myself and our entire team, you know what, if you've done it tough in this season, if you've been, if you've um, encountered heartbreak or whatever, then as a church, we're here for you. And hopefully our proximity to you enables us to be tangible in this season. I think it's been a year that we thought would correct itself, right? In Jesus' Name, surely by June, July, this thing would be over, but alas, it continues. And I think also that it has been a year that has demanded a strange, unexpected, um, unexpected pause in our life. A pause, P-A-U-S-E, a pause in our life, hallelujah. That cause, has caused the majority of us to stop, to reorganise, to um, restructure, to you know, reassign, to re-evaluate, um, to reassess what is important and what is foundational. And in many ways, what is eternal versus what is um, e um, temporal. So it's been an incredible year in that, in, in that regard. And I don't know about you, but it took a pandemic for me to reorganise, to reorganise my desk at home in my bedroom. You know, my five-year nemesis desk, but it took a pandemic. And you know, business and learning, everything has had to restructure and re reprocess. It's been an incredible year. But you know what I am hoping the most? I'm hoping the most in Jesus' Name, that in this season, because we are in Christ, 
because we have found in Christ that this pause has caused us to realise that we are not just citizens of this earthly realm, but we are citizens of heaven. And when we are citizens of heaven and when we get our eyesight turned heavenward in Jesus' Name, I think Pastor Robert Ferguson preached a message about being citizens of heaven. But when that happens, everything changes. Our perspective changes, our peace, our ability to, to sense the peace of God, our strength, our energy, tenacity, endurance, it all changes. And you know, tonight in this context, I believe that, you know, um, it enables, that revelation enables our capacity to smile and our capacity to remain smiling, to continue. Why? Because we draw our source, we draw our lives, we draw our fuel from a different source and that is heaven above. And you know, when we get a revelation of that girls, it changes everything, it changes the way our lives are defined, it changes um, what distinguishes us or not. It just changes everything. In fact, I think it makes um, you magnetic in Jesus' Name because you're not being dictated to by this realm, but your hope and your confidence is in a higher realm. You know, girls, you well know, don't you? You well know that Proverbs 31 verse 25 exhorts us to smile. Amen. If you're on the chat line, why don't you just put in a little smiley emoji right now? Or if you're with the girlfriends um, watching on, why don't you just like nudge each other and say, hey, sweetheart, we are exhorted to smile. Let me read what um, that verse, uh, how it reads in the, a couple of versions. In the Passion it reads, Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. Now girls, you're gonna be familiar with this because this is like, you know, Sisterhood 101 if, you, if that's the saying. But I love, how, I love how it gives expression. It says, bold, bold power and majesty um, are her portion. Why? Because her worldview is not here, but there. She has a worldview that is clothed, that is determined, that is governed, that is salted with a different viewpoint, a different um, mindset in Jesus' Name. Um, in the RSV, it says strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. She doesn't laugh with insensitivity, rather she laughs because she has a, um, because she has a confidence and a hope, amen, and who her God is. My favourite on this note is the Amplified, beautiful Amplified. Let me read, it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing and her position is strong and secure. And she smiles, she smiles at the future knowing that she and her family are prepared. And again, in that translation, beautiful, her position is strong and secure. Why? Because her stance comes from being prepared. And you know, when we have a sense of being prepared in life, it changes everything. Whether you're walking into a job interview, amen, whether you're walking into an exam at university or college, you know, even my ability tonight, by the grace of God, I mean, I might be stumbling around here a little bit, but by the grace of God, you know, because I've given due diligence to this Word, I come in with a confidence that what I've prepared is perfect and it's going to resonate with many of you girls, if not all, in the name of Jesus, amen. So here we go, coming into this night, um, the team, the team, um, the beautiful team that we get to work with in Sisterhood, they pitched this kind of, um, this photo reference. So it was basically um, this perfect tea party, a perfect setting, a perfect intention, and then it just all went messy. You would have seen it in the, in the pre-roll, you would have seen it in the fun and games. It was like 
everything just went messy. And gosh, girls, is that not 2020? Is that not 2020? It could feel like that if we don't look deeper, if we don't look wider, if we don't look higher. I mean, seriously, it's like in the little promo thing, the cake fell over, 2020, the cake fell over or someone pushed it over and it got messy and it got crazy. But you know what? The joy was not compromised. And that is my prayer um, for us tonight in Jesus' Name. I mean, 2020, seriously, let's think about it, a new decade. Late last year as a sisterhood, I gifted to you, we gifted to you a seven month calendar. And when it was like January, it was like leaping into 2020 with faith. It was like we leapt and then fell on our faces. I mean, colour, let's go back to colour. Be found in the irresistible, wild, bright awakening. I mean, seriously, be found in the irresistible. Well, you know what girls, it has been wild and there has been an awakening. And who would have known in this world, this year, that such an awakening would happen even in context of like our racial understanding and our racial sensitivity. But there has been an awakening and it's been wild and it's gonna be bright in the name of Jesus. And you know, darkness might be prevailing in some places or it might feel like it is, but I'm telling you, amongst those who are in Christ, the brightness and the glory and the goodness and the wonder of God is arising. Um, you know, we came into 2020, Vision Sunday. What did Brian say? You know, wind shifts. There's gonna be wind shifts in Jesus' Name. He talked about the four winds and he talked about the south wind bringing a fragrance into the garden. It sounds so romantic, but you know what? That is what has happened. There has been a wind shift on the earth, in the Kingdom of God. And it's amazing and God is using it and God is using it in your life. And I don't know what your life looks like right now. I don't know whether there's a sweet fragrance or like a bit of a like foul fragrance happening. But you know what? I pray by the grace of God that what has been pressed out of your life, pressed out of your life is beautiful in the Name of Jesus. And so like I said, like the cake falling over, it all went messy and chaotic. But can I also tell you something girls, that you know, Mess is not shocking to God. It is not shocking to God. And we have a Saviour King who walked into the mess of fallen humanity. We have a Saviour King who walks into the mess of our own personal lives. And many of you could testify to that. Again, if you're on the chat line, why don't you say, Amen, I was a mess. And then Jesus came into my life. We have an incredible God in Christ. He has the capacity to make sense out of mess. He has the capacity to turn mess around. He has the capacity to help us find Him in the mess. And I'll tell you something about mess. I'm kind of laying a foundation here, but mess is relative. It is relative. My mess looks different to your mess and vice versa. But the one thing that uh, is true of all, Jesus Christ is relative to every single mess and He can turn every mess around. So with that in mind, girls, um, you know, with that picture of the cake falling over, etc., with um, the words still smiling in my spirit, I stumbled across Romans 12. So I'm gonna read it to you tonight and just draw a little bit of gold out. Romans 12, it reads like this. So here's what I want you to do. I'm reading from the message. So here's what I want you to do. You'll be familiar with these verses. God helping you, God helping you. Take your everyday life, amen, your somewhat COVID compromised life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing, everyone say embracing. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, for sure. God brings out the best of you and He develops well-formed maturity in you, in Jesus' Name. It continues, do not misinterpret yourselves. Isn't that interesting? Do not in these days misinterpret yourself as people who are perhaps bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and what He does for us and not by what we are and what we do for Him. In this way, it continues in verse six, in this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvellously functioning parts in Christ's body, hallelujah, just go ahead. Let's just, it says, let's just go ahead and be what God has called us to be, what He has made us to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we are not. The verse continues in six and seven, it exhorts us that whatever we do, do it with all of our heart. If we preach, if we teach, if we serve, if we um, you know, bring counsel to others, then do it with all of our heart. And then in this translation, it says, keep smiling, keep a smile on your face. Verse nine, it says, love from the centre of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil, but hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Verse 11, don't burn out. Don't burn out, girls. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the Master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times, pray all the harder, help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. I'm always there, hallelujah. Verse 16, it's important. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath, hallelujah. Laugh with your happy friends, ha ha ha, when they're happy and shed tears when they are down. Verse 17, that was so corny, praise the Lord. Don't hit back. I love this. I think this is such a powerful challenge in our 2020 society. It says, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. In a world that's extremely combative right now, cancel, culture, the whole nine yards. It says, hey, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, and there's the key, if you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. God says, I'll do the judging. I'll take care of it. And then verse 20, 21, it says, surprise your enemies with generosity and goodness. The word says, don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. All right, time is ticking, of course, hallelujah. But you know, I just wanna draw, there's an ocean of gold in those verses. Go back and read um, you know, Romans 12 yourself. But I just wanna draw out three things that popped off the page for us tonight. Things that I think are important to your soul, to our collective soul, and to our mandate and calling as a sisterhood, amen? So number one, everyone say number one, hallelujah. Let God help you. That's what it says, amen. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Let God help you. Let me read the verse again. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Place it before God as an offering. Girls, newsflash. When it comes to God helping you, um, 
Neither you nor I are actually created or wired or capable of doing life in its entirety, life in its fullness on our own. Now, you know, some of us might think that we can. And the mere fact that we're actually created in the image of a stunning God who empowers us with intellect and creativity and a mind to use, you know, suggests that there are some things that we can do in our own strength. But I think when it comes to, um, you know, like um, the expanse of time, when it comes to the scale of eternity, but I think that when it comes to the scale of eternity, when it comes to the scale of, um, you know, living in the you know, divine will of God, when it comes to the scale of eternity, of accomplishing your fullest potential, then you know what? We can't do it on our own. We can't do it. We need God helping us. We honestly do. We live in a fallen, we live in an imperfect, we live in a combative world, combative world, and we actually can't do it on our own. And I think, you know, I read this and it's so simple. It's so straightforward, but that's who God is to us girls. And you know what? He wants to help us. He wants to help us in our everyday lives. You know, your everyday life, whether that is, you know, recalling the name of someone you've met. And you know, the mere reason that you could actually recall their name and remember them and prove to them that they're not forgotten or overlooked. Do you know what? That is God helping us. He wants us to, to do things like that. Perhaps it's, you know, it's you, you know, rediscovering something that you've mislaid or misplaced, right, in life. Do you think He can help us in our everyday stuff, whether we mislay our keys or our kids? I'm kind of kidding, okay, but you know what? How many of us know that when we mislay our keys and we can't find them, then like it ruins our day? My husband in the early part of his life, he was the worst. He lost his keys about three times a day. And I don't know how many times the Holy Spirit was like, do you know what? I'll show you where they are. There they are. Because it was helping him in his everyday life. And you know, I joke about mislaying our kids when none of us are mislaying our kids. But you know, when I was preparing this afternoon, I felt God speak to me and say, you know what? Prophesy over women who are struggling right now because you feel like your kids are mislaid. I mean, you haven't lost them but they've walked out, they've walked out the back door, they've walked out on God, they're mislaid when it comes to the Kingdom of God. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to help you afresh. You know, sometimes there was a passage of time, the prodigal, there was a passage of time and he came to his senses, but perhaps there were circumstances not recorded in the Word that actually helped bring him to his senses. And I'm really praying that for some of you have got children who are lost to the Kingdom, they're away from God, that God is gonna set in motion godly um, encounters and godly um, conversations that are gonna help bring them back in Jesus' Name. You know, it might be, God helping you to, to find provision, that, that financial provision to pay a bill or to make a payment. Or it could be actually really big stuff like safety in this turbulent world in Jesus' Name. And I don't know, girls, if you heard the report or the story of the pastor in Beirut. I'm talking about safety in turbulent times, God helping us. But I watched this interview, a, per, a woman interviewing this pastor in Beirut and uh, his church was two minutes where that terrible explosion was. Well, we as a collective church have actually brought relief to it, amen, in Jesus' Name. But he was in his church and you know he has a, a great church, a humanitarian church. They do a lot of work with refugees and there's a lot of volunteers. And so he felt this burden come upon him, the Holy Spirit, a burden come upon him. And he said that whenever he feels a burden, he will always just pray. He'll just pray and pray and pray until the burden lifts. And he said, on this occasion, the burden did not lift. 
And he's like, Holy Spirit, help God, help me. What am I, what is happening here? And he said he felt the Holy Spirit compel everybody to go home. So he walked into his church. It was a buzz with volunteers and people, children. And he said, actually, you all need to go home right now. You need to go home right now. And of course they questioned him. They're like, seriously? And he says, no, I am serious. Tools down, go home right now. And we know what happened. There was that explosion that was devastating. And so God is here for us, hey? And I, I'm being pastoral tonight, indulge me, friends. But I'm thinking of, you know, young people, teenage girls, young people today. And you could look at this world and be really fearful. You know, I remember being 15 in the 70s and I was fearful of the world as I saw it then. It wasn't actually quite dissimilar. It wasn't dissimilar to what's happening now. And I was fearful and yet here I am. And I just want to give a word of wisdom. I've said it before, but you know, I learned a, a trick, uh, not a trick, I learned a key a lot of years ago that actually the safest place to be in this world is bang smack in the middle of God's will for your life. And when we are bang smack in the middle of God's will for our life, then you know what? We can trust Him with the circumstances around us. Amen. Okay, I'm seriously losing my time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, but I love how this verse talks about humility. It says, you know what? Take your everyday life and place it before God um, as an offering. And I love that. I think um, I wrote down here, in a world losing the art of humility, it is in the simplicity of humility we, where we place our lives before Him as an offering that we find our greatest safety, our greatest expression, our greatest success and our greatest fulfilment. And I love that, humility. Hey guys, at the front end of the racial unrest, what did your senior pastor say, Brian Houston? He said, you know what church, we're gonna humble ourselves, amen. He said, we're gonna humble ourselves, we're gonna learn, we're gonna do better and we're gonna become part of the answer. And you know, it's like when we lay our lives before Him, is like a life sown. It is something sown into the earth. And a verse in Hosea comes to mind, literally says, sow with a view to righteousness. Sow your life with a view to righteousness, that righteousness like a seed may germinate. So you know what? Number one, God helping us. Number two, embrace the embrace. Embrace the embrace and unlock God's best. Those verses in Romans, it literally says, embracing what God, what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. And then because of that, He's gonna bring out His very best in your life. Do you know, embrace to me implies um, relationship, it implies affection, trust, um, dependence. You know, girls, listen to me. I have, uh, Brian and I have eight grandchildren that I love. We have eight grandchildren that I love to embrace. Seven of those grandchildren, okay, one can't because she can't walk yet, but seven of those grandchildren will run to embrace Grammy and Pops. In fact, they often run right past me and just embrace Pops. And I just don't know what that is. It kind of messes with my head because I'm the one who buys them presents and ice creams and takes care of them. But nevertheless, I think there was just something beautiful about a Pops, a godly grandfather. So, you know, I have two grandsons, two grandsons who um, sometimes make me work for that embrace. One of them is Zai, he lives over here and uh, he makes me work for a hug or an embrace. And it's mostly because I think he's just shy. 
you know, we haven't spent as much time with him, so he gets a little bit shy and he has to be coached, like give Grammy a hug, and then he does. And then I have another grandson, same age, Jack Toggs, all right? And uh, he also makes me work for an embrace, but mostly because he's just like this little, like comedic rascal, he's, he's hilarious. And then we have a third grandson who doesn't make me work for any hugs because he basically does what his sisters do, that's Blaze. But here's the deal, here's the deal. Don't make God work for your embrace. Don't make God work for your embrace. Do you know everything about our God, His posture towards us is embrace. Scripture often talks about His wraparound presence. And I just want to encourage us and challenge us as daughters of the King, hallelujah, be the first to wrap your love around Him. Be the first to, I mean, I don't know if this is possible, but you know, why, why don't we just um, race each other to the throne? You know, it's not a competition, but why don't we just race each other? Why don't we be the first that are there in the morning when dawn beckons? You know, love Him, adore Him, lavish Him with holy kisses. And you know, if that's difficult for you to comprehend, I'm talking about the love of God here, embrace. If that's difficult for you to comprehend, then I wanna challenge you to, um, you know, I want to challenge your knowledge to know and I want to challenge your imagination to imagine in Jesus' Name. You know, an old song comes to mind. I'm nearly done, guys, but an old song comes to mind. Do you remember it? It was called, I Can Only Imagine. And I looked up the lyrics and they were beautiful. It says, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees fall? Hallelujah. Will I sing hallelujah? Or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And you know, Psalm 119 says, You're my place of quiet retreat. And your heavenly God, your wraparound presence becomes my shield as I wrap myself in your word. Lord, strengthen my inner being to the promises of your word so that I may live faithful and unashamed for you. Verse 117 says, lift me up and I will be safe. I love that. And you know, when we embrace the embrace, the tension, the tension within choices is easier to discern. You know, 2020, there's a lot of choices out there. We can choose to be fearful, woeful, angry. We can choose to be frustrated, annoyed, critical, judgmental, accusatory, or everyone say or, or we can do what it says in Philippians 4 verse 8. We can actually set our mind on that which is authentic and real, honourable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. In Jesus' Name, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Are you still with me, girls? I hope so. And then the third thing, and you know what? The team can quietly come up and join me if they want to, as if we were in a real, like, full-on service. This is a real service, by the way. But the third thought I just draw from these verses is literally this, go ahead, just go ahead and be who God made you to be. Like, go ahead, feel free, sweetheart. Just go ahead. No one is stopping you in Jesus' Name. And you know, I guess the question begs, who shall we become in these days? Who shall we become? You know, right now you are who you are, but who shall we become in these days? And I was reading, you know, the words of the Apostle John. And in 1 John chapter 3, he says this, 
The reason that the world doesn't recognise who we are is that they didn't recognise Him. Verse 2, my beloved, beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we shall become. But we know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like Him, for we will be able to see Him as He truly is. And here's the hook, okay? It says, verse 3, And all who focus their hope on Him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. You know, who we are right now, perfect. But who shall we become in the days that are ahead? And I think it plays an important part in our life to to examine our hearts and purify our hearts in the most wondrous way, amen? Beautiful. So again, girls, I'm bringing this to a close, but who shall we become in these days? Who shall we be, girls? Will we be uh, women of God? Will we be women of faith? Hallelujah. Will we be uh, light in the darkness? Hallelujah. Will will we be, um, you know, salt, in society, salt in the woundedness of society, salt in the decay. Again, who shall we become girls? Who shall we become in these days that are ahead of us? Will we be women of God? Women of faith, hallelujah. Will we be light in the darkness? Will we be like salt in the decay, salt in the woundedness of society? Will we be, you know, hope in the hopelessness? We have signage outside of our churches, Jesus Christ, the hope of humanity. Will we be the royal daughter spoken of in Psalm 45? Will we be the royal diadem spoken of in Isaiah? I don't know, girls, but my prayer, my prayer is that um, heaven is watching with pride and adoration um, of who we are becoming in Jesus' name. And that is my challenge tonight. So you know what? According to Romans 12, don't fake it. Live from the centre of who you are. Do whatever you do. Do it with all your heart, soul and strength. Hunger for encounter, hunger for encounter and be an agent of good in Jesus' Name. And I promise that if you do that, then not only will there be a smile from our faces, but there'll be a smile from heaven above. You know, I started this tonight with um, a story of Brian, you know, in that little preacher box and um, sharing his heart and soul, sharing inspiration across the land to all the government leaders. And uh, you know what happened? I told you, he felt an anointing to send and then he felt something beautiful rise up. And I just want to challenge us that I believe our strength, the strength and precision of us in the days that are ahead is inherent upon that anointing descending and then our response. So I want to encourage you in Jesus' name, hunger and thirst and run after Him. Amen. We're still smiling. If you haven't guessed it, this message is called Still Smiling. She smiles at the future. She's still smiling in Jesus' Name. Father God, I just thank You for every heart and every um, life and every home represented. And Lord Jesus, I pray that Your Word will be life. Father God, where we need help, that in Jesus' Name, You will be there indeed, Your Spirit present to help, whether it's grand or just a seemingly insignificant everyday thing. Father God, I pray that we will understand the embrace of heaven. And Father God, in Jesus' Name, I pray that we shall become who we need to become in Your Name. You know what? If you're um, with me tonight, just linger for a moment, girls. Don't go away. For sure, there might be girls watching in who have no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow me to pray for you 
The beauty of the Gospel is that Christ came. Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God came. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then on top of that, the Lord Jesus said, as He came from heaven to earth into our mess, to turn it around, to bring salvation to the earth, He literally said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come back to the Father except through Him. He wasn't lying. He loves you tonight. So if you need to lean in for the first time or in a redevotion of your life, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. And tonight, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, independence and cleanse me. Lord, tonight I ask you to become Lord and Saviour of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.